Hey everybody, thanks for coming back. This week uh, I got the privilege to bring to you a gentleman named Nils Norlin. He uh, is a man that is really active. He's, he's always doing things, always involved. And uh, I really wanted to bring him in and just talk to him about, you know, how does this happen? You know, it's not by accident that you find yourself doing all these things, involved in all these things. And uh, one of the questions that, that really came up was forgiveness. And he went really in depth with that, with some real insightful ideas. I hope that you guys can listen, enjoy, and, and maybe apply a little bit of it to your life. From what he has shown, forgiveness is an amazing quality. So ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Nils Norland. Nils, thanks for coming and sitting down with us today and uh, spending some time and, you know, getting getting together. Is there uh, anything that you can share with our listeners about yourself just to give them a, a little overview of, of who you are, where you come from? Born and raised in Iowa. Um, as far as the church goes, my family uh, was never really churchgoers, but my dad... Uh, I guess would be considered an agnostic, but uh, he was, he at least thought it was important enough for us to go and uh, make the decision for ourselves. And uh, so, uh, you know, small town Iowa, Lutheran church, you know, was active in the youth group and everything, so that kind of formed the basis of, of my Christian upbringing anyway. But, uh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> Been through a lot of things since then, and as as years went on, got deeper in, in my faith and closer to God, and and through life's mistakes that we go through, uh, I made quite a few extra, I think, for other people. <laughs> but uh, you look back now, and I can see where God brought me closer and closer to Him, uh, and prepared me for some of the life's mistakes that. Uh, going through, if I didn't have him to lean on, there, you know, there'd be no way I would have made it through it. Yeah. So now you're here in Central Iowa, right? Yes. You're in Ankeny. Yep, in Ankeny. And then a uh, couple kids. I have uh, a stepdaughter that's 23, a daughter that's 21, and a son that's 13. So you got one, one still in the house. Yep. Yep. So. And the middle daughter is going to come back to the house after she finishes college, so <laughs> she can save up money for a house. I think. See, yeah, that's that's good parenting right there. Yeah, we come hope on, so. Come on back. So, well, that sounds good. And I know one of the things that I thought was really interesting in in talking with you before was just your ideas on forgiveness and um, how you deal with wrongs. You know, with with other people and and with yourself and i think that you had a just a really good insight on it and and i was hoping that you could share some of that stuff with us today you know i know that's something that a lot of people struggle with that you know i struggled with for a long time is how do you how do you forgive those people who did you so wrong or you know in, in my case sometimes i did people wrong mm -hmm. and you know years down the road I, you grow up a little bit you realize man that's not the me that I want to project, yeah. but yeah, I still carried that baggage for, for a long time. And, mm -hmm. you know, luckily there was some different facilitators and different groups that really let me 
spit all that stuff out and kind of air it which it helped me a lot and mm -hmm. you know come to terms with i'm not not the perfect guy yeah so none of us are <laughs> <laughs> so what did, what uh what got you what got you into this this idea and your grasp on forgiveness and and some of the things that surround that the unforgiveness part of it started when i was a kid um i was the second smallest kid in my grade and uh, in high school always got picked on and uh, bullied and so that started developing kind of a, a bitterness yeah. you know inside anger uh, and I became kind of an angry person um, because I, I harbored a lot of that that bitterness towards those people and you know that basically is because of unforgiveness and then you know going through college and then in into my adult life, uh, made several mistakes with the relationships, um, was divorced three times. Some of the, uh, couple of the divorces weren't very uh, friendly. <laughs> very amicable. As, as <laughs> most of them are, but um, at least one of them was very, very nasty. And uh, um, I developed a lot of unforgiveness of myself. Um, and I didn't know it at the time. I thought it was towards my ex-wife and uh, so, you know, just any time I would see that she was calling or sending a text message or an email, this is after we'd been divorced, you know, I, I would build up, that rage would build up inside me. And, you know, I, w I was not a good person. I didn't like who I was. Um, I felt like I was angry all the time. Through uh, a wonderful lady at our church, Vivian Kincaid, um, spent a lot of time with me and we kind of delved into some of that stuff uh, biblically and just relationally basically she kind of hit the nail on the head is that the anger that was inside of me was basically for from unforgiveness I first of all wasn't forgiving myself and you know in studying the topic of unforgiveness you know I find people by and large are very much more quick to forgive somebody else but they will never forgive themselves you know they're we're always hardest on ourselves and we're we beat, us, uh, beat ourselves up for mistakes that we made and just c continue to bring it up over and over again in our minds. And that just tears you up. Yeah, well, and it, it's funny because, you know, in talking about some of the groups that I've worked with, one of the things that I went through was a, a thing called Christ Life. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was offered by the church and the facilitator for that was Vivian Kincaid. Vivian, yep. And, uh, you know, <coughs> it, it was interesting to me because I found out I was somewhat a bully growing mm -hmm. up and uh, you know I know that one of the things that she really showed me in going through that process was that the things that happened to me when I was extremely young you know we when when you step back you know the the idea of masculinity was was important to me you know I think you know I've, I've talked about it before and uh, one of the things is uh, you know, one of my first memories was being told that I'm a man now. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm four years old. Mm -hmm. yeah, Four-year-old isn't a man. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? But, but in my mind, that's what I had to be. And mm -hmm. so I always had to have this sort of bravada or overcompensation for things. And, and that led me to be that idea of aggressive to be, you know, all of these things that I, I didn't really like and the way that I treated people because I needed to be the guy that was in charge. I needed to be the guy that was making the decisions. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a whole lot of weight to carry when you're 
when you're young. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's funny how how our our lives keep crossing, you know, yeah. the same people in different different places and different times. Mm -hmm. So, so you, you started doing some studying, and and what did you what did you come up with? Really, the biggest thing is that um, the first step that anybody needs to take it in the whole subject of forgiveness is the forgiving themselves. You need to let things go. You need to not bring them up again, and uh, let yourself off the hook. You know, um, I made, like I said earlier, several mistakes in <laughs> marriages, and uh, you know, I was kind of ashamed that I would let these things happen. You know, I let a a younger woman basically control my life and make me captive basically in the relationship. Um, she alienated me from friends and family and uh, you know I was very angry about that and, and I thought the whole time that I was angry at her um, until I kind of with Vivian's help did some soul searching and basically I was, I was angry at myself that I, I should have known better I, you know why did I let this happen to me yeah. and so that rage and that anger really was directed inward and uh, once I figured that out um, you know forgive myself and let myself off the hook that you know yeah it was a mistake but it's over you know I've gotten the on, on the other side of it and once that kind of happened I was able then to look at not only towards her but towards other people that I'd been harboring unforgiveness for things like being bullied as a kid um, I had a business partner that uh, embezzled a lot of money and then committed suicide, leaving me uh, on the hook for basically uh, everything. The banks took everything that we had at the time. Um, that created a lot of anger, and but again, it was uh, the whole unforgiveness of myself. How did I let that happen? You know, I should have known better. Well, again, I had to let myself off the hook. You know, it, it, it wasn't necessarily something that I maybe could have seen in the while I was going through it. Um, so once, once you're able to forgive yourself, um, then it makes it easier to turn and forgive others. And, you know, the subject of forgiveness is uh, sometimes a little confusing for people. And, you know, biblically, um, it's pretty simple. You know, Jesus came to earth uh, in the form of man, and uh, he died on the cross for the forgiveness of all our sins. And we know that, that God is faithful for, to forgive us our sins. And um, once he forgives us, he forgets about them. You know, it says in the Bible, as far as the east is from the west. Um, but we are instructed that if we refuse to forgive others, then our Father in heaven will not forgive us. So it's very important that we do this forgiveness. And for me, you know, uh, people that bullied me, you know, business partners that uh, did you stole wrong? money from you know, or basically, you know, took the rest of our financial future away from us. It was necessary to forgive them, and you know, my wife and I, current wife and I, we ran a divorce group ministry, which was a support group for divorced people. And when the subject of forgiveness would come up, uh, there's a lot of, of misunderstandings about what it is. And so it was important to kind of go through the steps and what forgiveness really is because everybody thinks that, well, you know, if, if I forgive that person, then that means that I'm condoning what they did. I'm saying that it's okay, and, and that's not the case. I mean, forgiveness is a lot of things, but um, one of the things, it's, it's not letting the offender off the hook.
um, we can still hold ac others accountable for the actions, but what we're doing is we're forgiving them, and that forgiveness is basically for us. You know, yeah. that way we don't have that anger, we don't have that resentment inside of us, because that stuff will just eat you alive. You know, I, I had, uh, my, my wife usually has to set me straight on all that things, and I remember <laughs> one time we were, we were kind of talking about that, and it's something that reminded me. She told me one time that, uh, you know, holding that anger and that, that, that bitterness inside to people is like drinking poison and expecting them to die. Mm -hmm. You know, the only exactly. person that you're hurting is, is going to be yourself. So, and you know, that's something that she said that I've always kind of tried to remember, you know. Yeah. And that's a great analogy because that's really what it is. Um, you know, me being angry at that person who did something to me, that's not affecting their life one iota. You Chances know? are they don't even think about it anymore. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? They're and going on and having a great day, but it's me. Yeah. I, I'm letting it ruin my day. Well, you know, and, and for, for me, it's interesting because some of the people that I wronged, mm -hmm. it started eating me up, and, and I reached out to them. And, you know, hey, you know, I'm a different person. You know, I, I'd like to to reconcile some of these things and and i realized i wasn't always good to you you know what these people sometimes told me uh -huh. what did you do <laughs> you know and it was it was crazy to me to think that i'm sitting here and this stuff is kind of eating me up mm -hmm. but those people have already been through this forgiveness of it they mm -hmm. didn't they didn't harbor any ill will towards me to the point where they might not even remember some of the things yeah. that i did and you know it's uh, that was an interesting an interesting side of it for me. You know, and right there you were dealing with unforgiveness of yourself. Yeah. You know, and you can let yourself off the hook because, you know, you were young. You didn't know any better at the time. They, they let me off the hook. Yeah. You know. So you should. So now uh, the, the process, you know, at least personally going through it, was this uh, like a light switch? Or, I mean, was this a process that took you some time to kind of work through and to, to develop you know, a new, a new way of thinking, you know, mm -hmm. or was it just a, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to, I'm going to live differently. I'm going to forgive myself right now for everything and start fresh. No, it's a, it's a process. And, um, the deeper the wound is, the longer the process takes. Um, you know, just to, uh, illustrate it as, as with divorced people, um, you know, we try to get somebody, you know, that a gal who's in our group, her husband, you know, had an affair on them, and so that caused the, the, the breakup of their marriage. Um, but we'd try to tell them, you know, you need to, to be able to forgive them, and they, they just, no way, there's absolutely no way I can ever forgive him for that because it's so horrible what he did, you know, he ruined our lives and that kind of thing. And that's a deep, deep wound, and that's not going to go away anytime soon. Yeah. But so in, in that case, y you've got to make a mental decision that I don't want to live with this junk inside of me anymore. I don't like to be angry all the time. I don't want, because you can actually have physical ailments because of anger, you know, or unforgiveness in your body. And so you, you have to make a mental decision that I want to live free. I want to be rid of this. I don't want to be angry all the time. And so you make that decision to say, hey, look, in my mind, you know, and we even have them write it out on a piece of paper this is what I'm going to forgive them for. And um, so you do it, you know, as a mental decision first. Your heart's not in it, and your heart's not going to be in it for a while. But, you know, maybe every day you get up and you say, you know, okay, look, I'm going to forgive this person for these things, 
and then go about your day. And then pretty soon your heart will catch up to that and then you'll actually feel the forgiveness and then you'll actually live in that freedom. So, you know, it's kind of a process. Now, in working with some of the people, you know, especially in the divorce care and different things like that that you did, how how did you approach it with them? I mean, you, you got some, you laid out to them, what is forgiveness? So, actually, that's a pretty good, a good question. So, forgiveness is not letting somebody off the hook. Right. Um, so, when, when you're talking with them, what are you explaining to them that the forgiveness is? Yeah, we're telling them that the forgiveness basically is, the first and foremost, it's, clearing yourself of all that guilt, that anger, that, that stuff inside. Um, you are making that decision to forgive them so your life can be free. Um, you're going to also put that guilt and all those things that that person did, you're going to give them up to God and say, you know, God, you deal with that because I can't do it anymore. And, and God wants you to do that because he'll take it. He's going to, that person's going to have to reckon with God for what they've done. Yeah. Like it says, we're that's not our job is to judge anybody. That's God's job. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's the big thing behind it is you want to live free. You want to be free of all this yuck inside of you. You've got to to start down that path of forgiveness. So, so now you're getting people moving down down that path, and and they're working through this process. Um, where, do, where does it go from there? I mean, what, you know, it, you, you spoke about some, you know, some biblical stuff that kind of brought us, you know, a little closer to God and, and to being able to, to do that because, you know, you were saying that the Bible does teach us forgiveness is important and mm -hmm. that, you know, we were forgiven, therefore we should forgive. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything else on there that you think is you know, does it does it come up repeatedly? Yes, it. Forgiveness is talked about a lot in the Bible, and um, you know, Acts thirteen thirty eight. Through this man Jesus, there is forgiveness. Um, you know, that's the central theme for uh, for Christianity yeah. is that we know and we believe that that Jesus died on the cross for our forgiveness. Um, that's the most wonderful gift that we've ever been given. You know, but. Um, over and over again, it talks about in Matthew 6.15, um, Luke 6.37, 1 John 1.9. I mean, all those verses talk about, but if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. And Luke says, forgive others and you will be forgiven. So, you know, it's not a, an either-or kind of scenario. It's a, uh, we, we need to, but we need to because it's what's good for us, yeah. you know. Um, we're not commanded to forgive because it's some kind of punishment for us and God doesn't care about how we feel um, because he knows that, that the forgiveness is freedom, you know, and that's how we are going to live happy in our lives. Yeah. You know, I, and I think that, you know, in, in especially with, with Christians nowadays and especially once you dig in, especially superficially inside some churches you know recently we've been kind of bouncing around and, and experiencing some different congregations and you know seeing you know where where our family fits into mm -hmm. different churches um you know and, and everyone has a little different culture amongst churches and mm -hmm. i think that 
that that you know you talked about that superficial feel you know and trying to mask you know I, I see it as you know they put on this mask and they're going to go to church on Sunday but you know deep down there's something going on there you know mm -hmm. when you see that person outside during the week that's not the same person that you see walking in the doors at, at, at your church yeah you know and and you just kind of wonder you know what what is going on and I think that there's so much room in, for for most believers to grow and I think that this is a huge area where people can can expand because you know especially in the culture that we live in today you know, you hear you hear a lot more about bullying. I mean, way more than when when I grew up. And you know, you're you're a couple couple years older than I am. <laughs> you know, and so I mean, I assume that that probably wasn't. You know, when I was growing up, people said, "Hey, you know, suck it up." Yeah. You know, the guys are being guys. You know, yeah. and I imagine that's probably the way it was when you were growing up yeah, too. Absolutely. Um, Just stay away from those guys. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and now I think that. I think that people are more in tune to that stuff, mm -hmm. but also it's gonna, you know, you, I'm sure that I was probably bullied at times, but I didn't mm -hmm. realize it, you know, where now maybe people take that in a little bit more and realize what's happening to them and how they're feeling, you know, maybe they're a little more in touch with their emotions now than, mm -hmm. you know, I, being young, I didn't, I don't know that I had <laughs> very much emotion to be in As touch a guy, with. we weren't supposed to. We weren't supposed to, um, but, coming up i think that the idea that people can now forgive you know what i mean because we see you know all of the, the young people coming up millennials and and people younger than that i mean sometimes i just i look and they get so hung up on how wrong they were by people mm -hmm. oh well you know somebody did this to me and, and i think that they're just more in tune to it than than maybe we were but they're also gonna deal with more baggage from that than we are too because well, I didn't even realize what was happening, yeah. you know? And so for, for things like that, now I spoke about Christ's life and, and you had divorce care. Um, is there anything else that you know of in particular where people can, groups or facilities that people can reach out to? I mean, is this something that uh, a therapist would work through people with like um, how do, how does how does somebody go about starting the process of of working through some some forgiveness issues? Yeah, definitely. There's um, therapists will definitely work through these kind of issues. I mean, um, I, I always I'm a little biased. I think that you have to have the the spiritual part of it too, um, because if you don't if you don't believe in God, I don't know how people have anything to look forward to. You know, um, so. For a Christian, a true believing Christian, I think the ability to forgive others is probably a little easier just because we see such a wonderful example of that in Jesus. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I, I believe that the root of most people's um, psychological issues tends to be from some type of forgiveness or unforgiveness um, because if you don't have that in your life, it's kind of a block from any other positive feelings, I think. You know, you see people who go through their lives always seeking justice. You know, they want their retribution for something that happened to them. And, you know, life's not fair. Yeah. You know, and God never said that life was going to be fair. He never said it was going to be 
all rainbows and unicorns, you know. Um, life's tough sometimes. There's evil out there. But um, the ability for somebody to be able to forgive both themselves and others is, to me, a great, uh, great way to have a free and happy life. Yeah. You know, and it's an interesting, at least a story of mine, you know, I, I, I started to really work on forgiveness and work on forgiving myself and other people. And I always noticed there was one time that there's one, one person that I could not forgive. I, I gave up everything else. And uh, when I was younger, there was a, uh, a guy who stuck a knife through my brother's hand. Ooh. And, uh, you know, me being, you know, kind of what, what I talked to you about earlier, you know, I, I have to do something about this. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just stab my brother yeah, and, and expect <laughs> to get away with this. There's, there's got to be some sort of retribution that happens. And, uh, you know, we, we ended up for years, you know, I remember I got a phone call. Hey, I know where this guy's at. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm on my way. Let's go. You know, and so I ended up for years chasing this kid around and, you know, and, and he he knew about it. Mm -hmm. Well, I never caught up with him. Nothing ever really happened with it. But in my heart, I still said, you know, someday I'm going to find this kid. And I don't care if I'm 50 years old, I'm still going to find this kid. Mm -hmm. Um and then next thing I know, I, somebody was talking to me, and and uh, turned out he went to jail for hmm. attempted murder. Wow! He tried to kill somebody, and hmm. uh, he shot somebody, and and uh, you know I thought, man, that could have been me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, could have poked I, the wrong bear there. <laughs> I, I could have. You know what I mean? And <clears throat> and I started to realize that that idea that I need to seek, I can forgive everybody else, but this one person. Mm -hmm. I'm not for really forgiving, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I haven't let it all f let it all go, let it all free. I still needed to seek retribution for something, yeah. and and I shouldn't feel like that, you yeah. know. And and that was the that was the last one I let go of, uh, you know. That I really that really ate at me. Mm -hmm. That I you know I'm sure there's still something bumping around in there. I'm not this perfect guy, <laughs> yeah. but None I, of us are. <laughs> you know, this, the, the last one that really kicked around in my brain a lot that, that ate at me, that was the last one. And, and I had to just realize it's not worth it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm forgiven and, and maybe I didn't stab somebody, but you know what? I, I still hurt somebody, Yeah. you know? And so I think that that's a, you know, just, you can't pick and choose what your forgiveness is going to be. It yeah. still it still doesn't make you a, a forgiving person because you forgive 99% of the people who did you wrong. Yeah. So. Because that one thing could still control you. Yeah, and you it know? did. And the, the anger you feel towards somebody is like, an, Vivian always used to tell me, it's like an umbilical cord. And by for, for me, it was with that ex-wife that, you know, anytime she would call or text or email, I would have this rage and like she said is you're connected to her and she's controlling you through this rage and as long as you still harbor this unforgiveness basically of yourself and her you're always going to be controlled yeah and I didn't want that you know I wanted to live my life free and so you know when somebody else is controlling you you know you have the anger inside of you because you've not forgiven that person or you've you're harboring unforgiveness of yourself it 
you know, Vivian used to say it's it it's connecting you to them like an umbilical cord. You know, they're controlling you through that. And um, you know, in in my case, that that ex, anytime that she would call or text or send an email, I would just get experience this rage. And like Vivian said, you know, she's she's controlling you. You know, and even though she doesn't know it, because obviously she'd take great joy in that. But um, why would I let that continue? And, um, you know, it sounds kind of corny, but I did just kind of a visual thing, you know, close my eyes and, you know, imagine that umbilical cord between me and her and I cut the cord and just kind of pushed her off into the darkness and said, you know, I'm not going to deal with her anymore. I'm not going to have the anger and everything. I'm done with it. Yeah. You know, and, and literally for me, it was one of those kind of aha moments that from that day forward, she could send whatever nasty text messages or emails she wanted to. It didn't bother me in the least um, because I had, uh, you know, cut the cord, so to speak, and, and really lived in that forgiveness of myself. So now were you guys attached with children? Yeah, we okay. had a son together, but now I have complete, I have full custody of him. Okay. She's so that's her. why the communication had to stay, yeah. to stay open. Okay. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, with the divorce. Yeah. People don't realize that, you know, they say, oh, yeah, it's until our kids graduate. No, it's it's the rest of your life because there's Weddings college, and college and everything else. Grandchildren. Being being the kid of a divorced family, I, I get that, yeah. you know. Now we have grandkids, and yep. you know what? If Grandma and Grandpa <laughs> both want to come to... Uh, an event, you're gonna come together. That's right. You, you know. gotta get along. You gotta get <laughs> along. So, um, did you find that? You know. So, in my mind, you know, and I know that it happened to me too. Though is, you know, I'm seeing, you get this text message, you get this phone call, you hang up the phone, and you bring that attitude into the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Did you Did you find that it was kind of poisoning the other things around you at the time too? Absolutely. I mean, I mean that leaches into your other your current relationships you, you don't want your children to see that you don't want them to grow up having that same kind of reaction to things um, so yeah it, it affects everything you know you, you can't think clearly you know you make decisions in in the wrong manner just because you have that clouding your judgment and you know living in forgiveness uh, of yourself and others you're able to to make good decisions you're able to live the way that you want to live and you know, be proud of yourself. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I really <coughs> like that idea, you know, as, as we sit here and talk about it, that idea of free, you're not tied down. And I think one of the things I see a lot where, you know, people who maybe are not in faith, they see faith as something that ties us down. Mm -hmm. Something that there's this book of rules and you can do this, you can't do this, you can do this, you can't do this or this or this or this. Yeah. And in me personally, I don't feel like that. I feel that it allows me to be free, you know. Mm -hmm. Does it give me a, a, it gives me ideas of things, you know, when I read the Bible, it gives me ideas of things that I shouldn't be doing so that I can have a happy life, so that I can have this free life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I remember when I, when I came into my faith, when I finally realized, hey, I'm done you know, I, I can't do this by myself. I need I need God in my life, and and I feel fortunate for this because I was I was older. Mm -hmm. um, I, as, as silly as it sounds, I felt this physical weight being lifted off of me. 
like I was free, mm-hmm. you know, and you know that you can just transcend and, and move around and, and you're not tied down, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's some one of the things that, that faith gives me. And the more that I dig into it and the more that I, that I spend time in doing things that are faith-based, it doesn't feel like work, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't feel you know this monotonous grind you yeah. know it, it feels free you know and it, it feels like there's nothing nothing that can stop you nothing that can hold you down and so i think it's so important that we you know like you were talking about this being kind of one of those foundation things that if you really want to grow as a person if you really want to start exploring yourself and exploring what you're capable of this is this is foundational absolutely so I had one of those moments too, you know, I was um, deciding whether the third divorce was the way I wanted to go. And, you know, you have that in your mind that well, people are gonna think, oh, third time loser, what a, what a loser, you know? And uh, I just remember thinking to myself and then basically crying out loud, because up to that point, I made all the decisions based on what I thought was good for me, Yeah. you know? and based on what I felt at the time and and what this world would give me, you know, and never really thought about faith in any of those decisions. And I just remember crying out that, you know, I, I can't do this. I've messed up my life so bad to this point. Yeah. And I can't, I can't do it. I can't run my life anymore. God, you need to help me, please. And since then, there there's just been steps that I've gone through you know, like with the forgiveness and, and things like that. But yeah, it just, God's taken more control over my life and I've let him. And like you said, the, the Bible's not a book to hit you over the head with. It's it's guidelines. It's This is how, you know, you can have that freedom. This yeah. is how you can have a, a joyful and abundant life. Because you're right, you know, even now when we slip and make bad decisions, it comes back to haunt us. And you do feel that little nagging at at the back of your neck, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, picking at you. And then, yeah, yeah, you know, you you forgive yourself for it and get back on track and you feel good again. And that's, you know, that's that's when we realize as as believers that grace, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That grace and forgiveness, those are the things that we have to live on. Yeah, it's, it's so important. So now when, when you're coming into your faith, you know, so you, you've been through your divorces, when did you really come into your faith? Were you, were you, did you, would you consider yourself a Christian past behind this marriage? Or, I mean, is My it My current marriage? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Yeah, I basically rededicated my life and, and had that moment where I just said, God, I've made such a mess of my life. Uh, I need help. I can't do it myself. And, you know, kind of like Carrie Underwood song, Jesus Take the Wheel. Yeah. You know. Um, and so the marriage we have now, uh, my wife is a very strong Christian as well, and, and God is at the center of our life. And our relationship with God is the most important. And then everything else kind of falls in line, you yeah. know. And our relationship with each other um, is based on all that. And so past marriages, I look at, you know, the relationships were based on something that wasn't good, uh, whether, yeah, you know, all yeah. kinds of bad all, decisions. All the, all the reasons people <laughs> get together, all the wrong reasons, yep, right? absolutely. But, um, yeah, you know, and I think that 
the idea of having God as a member of that marriage, you know, that three-way covenant, you mm-hmm. know, I think I've heard it said at some church services or some wedding services yep. before. Absolutely. Um, you know, and that's one of the things that that I think we try to really lead into in our family too, you know, and just in our time, you know, we got two young kids, we're busy, we're running. Mm. We don't get to spend time together like we used to. We don't get to focus on each other. But at the end of the day, we come home and we both know, hey, you know, everything is going to be fine, Mm -hmm. you know, and go from there. And and I think that I like to think that I'm a a man of strong faith, Mm -hmm. right? I like to think that that's what I am. Because you have grace for each other, Yeah, you know, in that busy life. Yeah, but at at the end of the day, if if I had a wife who was not in the same place that I was. If I had a wife who um, didn't involve God in her life and in our life, I don't think I could be as strong in my faith as I am. No, you, you know, can't. because because my wife shows me forgiveness. My wife shows me grace. Because, you know, she doesn't want to, she probably would, you know, wouldn't want me to state it like that, but she yeah. doesn't want to be married to a guy who works all hours of the night because yeah. there's so much work to do. She doesn't want to be, you know, it's not always this 50-50 thing at home, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I'm the first to admit that, you know, my my balance, work, life, home, all those things, it's not the best. Yeah. I work at it. I try, well, you, you know. You know, you're, you're a pleaser. Yeah, some, sometimes. I mean, <laughs> we, we all are. The person yeah. that yells at you the loudest gets the most attention. Yeah. And whether that's good or bad, I mean, that's just sometimes the way it goes. Yeah. And that's, again, where the grace for each other and yeah. the things you deal with in your marriage is really important. Yeah, and I think that that idea of unequally yoked, yeah. you know, and, and just having having that, and sometimes I think that uh, that uh, I am the I'm the slow one on that yoke, you know. But uh, <laughs> she's pulling a little harder. She's than pulling you. <laughs> a little harder than I am, but I'm going to keep up, you know. And that's the that's the important thing. And I, I couldn't imagine trying to trying to get through life with somebody whose priorities were that much different than mine you you can't i mean there's no i don't see how you can i mean i've made the mistakes of doing that and being with somebody that isn't that's that doesn't have the same goals you do yeah and it it just it doesn't work it's just like in a business i mean if you have a if you're a partnership with a for a business and you both have completely different goals that business is not going to be successful yeah so your marriage isn't going to be either yeah that's a good way to put it i mean because you know one of the things i think as christians that we really struggle with too is is the outside appearance oh look you know we don't stand on some pedestal you know what i mean we're just the normal people and and divorce and addiction and all of the things that happen to everybody else in the secular world mm-hmm. is the same thing that happens to us. Absolutely. And I wish it wasn't that way. Mm-hmm. I wish that I wish that we could say, hey, look, we have 3% divorce rate amongst yeah. Christians. Well, no, you know what? It's the same as everybody else. Yep. And the ability for us to be able to step aside and focus on what we need to do personally, but yet when you're living it out, you know, when you're living it out socially the way that we're supposed to amongst amongst the church and amongst believers i hope that it rubs off mm-hmm. you know what i mean in yeah. in knowing i'm a i'm a firm believer that i made mistakes so that i can help other people to not make them yep. and 
I think that you fit along those same lines. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not, I don't think that either one of us live this roped off life where if, if I'm struggling with something, I mean, you know, we've known each other for a little while, but mm-hmm. I feel that I could call and just mm-hmm. say, hey, here's what I'm struggling with. And yeah. I'm not going to be judged. I'm not going to, I'm going to get some good, honest advice, yeah. you know, and I, and I hope that other people that are in groups of believers just kind of let those boundaries down and realize like, hey, I can learn from you so that I don't make these mistakes. Yeah. And yeah, I think growing up, growing up in the seventies, um, went to Lutheran church and, and still, even though a lot of the gospel preached was about love and God's love for us and everything and God's grace, there still was that, um, punishment aspect of, you know, if you did something wrong, you're going to be punished. And, and I, I'm, I don't buy that for a minute. And, you know, I think gospel has changed and people have kind of realized what God's all about is that God's about love. He's not about punishment. Now, as a good father, I think, and in my case, God has let me suffer the consequences of my own bad decisions every now and then Yeah. because it's good for me. And, uh, uh, but he's always kind of been there as a backstop that it doesn't go too far, you know, yeah. and it doesn't irreparably damage. And so it, again, I, I don't think that, you know, like you said earlier, that some people outside of Christianity think that it's all about you do wrong, you get punished, you do wrong, you get punished. And it, I, it's, it's not about that at all. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know how we, we relay that. You know what I mean? Because when you turn on the news, you turn on Christians are protesting this, you know. Sure, maybe we want our voices to be heard about something, but it doesn't mean we dislike you. It doesn't mean that we we have some deep-rooted hate for you. You know, I yeah. mean, there's always, I don't know if they do anything anymore, but I remember like the Westboro Baptists, yeah, right? Yeah, still at it. They give, that is, I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't imagine being affiliated with an organization like that. Yeah, they're, they're not relaying the true they're, gospel no they have an agenda yeah. somewhere in there that they're trying to relay because that is not the love that is not grace no that is not openly and accepting to allow people into the community of christ no and so i think that i think that places like that and and it makes good news mm-hmm. you know yeah they're going to put that on there but you know what uh, having you know being involved in veterans organizations and different things like that they want to go pr- to protest veterans death yeah there's nothing that makes me matter than that it's disgusting. you know what i mean yeah and and how how is that the same thing that i believe it's not it's not it's not the same thing i believe that is some no. misconstrued thing and and it's i like any group of people there's some bad eggs you know yeah and there's some bad people out there that profess to be christians that aren't following the gospel they're not following what god is really teaching yeah all through the Bible, if, if people just read it, they, they see all the times when Jesus walked the earth that he, he never condemned anybody. He never said, I'm going to punish you for the sins that you made. He, he always brought people to him through love. Yeah. Remember the, the prostitute that he ran across. The, the people wanted to stone her. And um, instead of Jesus standing there and criticizing her, he turned to them who were the supposed religious people of the time yeah. and said, you know, who, whoever has is without sin, go ahead and throw the first stone. Yeah. And what happened, they dropped all their stones and walked away yeah. <laughs> because they knew that they are, they're no better than she was. Yeah. And 
I think that back to the that idea of forgiveness, the the forgiveness and the grace side of things, the the idea that we have done wrong in God's eyes, right? Mm-hmm. So we've done wrong, and now I don't know if I can come back. I, I, that's one of the things that, oh, well, I've made these horrible mistakes. <laughs> you know, you can't make mistakes that are too bad that you can't no. come back. I mean, I'd, I'd, if, if that was the case, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. You couldn't yeah, do anything. No you know what I mean? It's, yeah. we, we have to know, and, and for these people who say that the idea that, oh, well, well, I've done worse. You don't, you don't know how bad it's been. Yeah. You know, sin is sin. It's yep. the same thing. You know, whether, you know, you from something minor and minute to something major, you know what? Mm-hmm. You just have to make amends for it. Yeah. Repent. God doesn't, doesn't categorize sin with, from yeah, being we, the easiest to the worst. Yeah, we do you that. Know, yeah. Blasphemy in God's eyes is a, is just as bad as murder. Yeah. And he'll forgive a murderer just as quickly as he'll forgive me for swearing. Yeah. And uh, it that's hard for people to to take, I think. And and I think that huge amount of grace is scary to a lot of people. I think but you look at it and you know, I think that one of the things we try to we try to replicate that life you mm-hmm. know what i mean and that amount of grace that is shown is something that i think that i'm incapable of showing yeah. you know what i mean i think that it's anything that i don't know somebody who can show grace like that and so yeah. i think that might be why it is scary to people because you know we know we're supposed to be living that mm-hmm. but it's somewhat unreachable people and don't get through the light fast enough you know i get a Set and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I don't have enough grace there. <laughs> yeah, and and it was. I I have a a guy that I do some business with, and and he suffers from alcoholism. Hmm. This last week, he kind of fell off the wagon, hmm. and uh, you know he's not a. I'm gonna sit back and have a couple. He's I've been up for three days, yeah. and don't know where I'm at, mm-hmm. and you know it's it's horrible to see. And I've tried to, you know, I've worked with abuse, people with substance abuse problems before. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is if you have a faith, if you realize that you can't do this by yourself, you know, whether it doesn't have to, you know, necessarily, I mean, I, him, he shows ideas that he would possibly be open to the idea of God. You know, mm-hmm. we have religious conversations, but you know what? Not doing it by yourself could mean that you bring your best friend in. But mm-hmm. you know, he's he's kind of a, a loner. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. he doesn't have a lot of people around him, and so I, I try to support him with what I can. Mm-hmm. You know, we got talking about faith, and and you know, he's just like, oh, I don't know where to start. You know, I I've made so many problems, and there's nothing that nobody can help me. You know, this kind of pity party type mm-hmm. of thing, and. And, and I just try to explain that idea to him that, man, you are, n- nobody's unreachable. No. You know, you, you can get through this. You know, we just have to figure out how, you mm-hmm. know, we have to figure out what, what's making you tick, what's, what's triggering these things. But, yep. you know, just this constant roundabout about, well, I'm a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not a horrible person. You just make bad decisions. Yeah. You know, and that's what... So Let yourself off him, the hook. You know, and he... Forgive yourself. Yeah, <laughs> and he, you know, and he tells me, well, you just don't get it. You just don't get it because you're a good person. Yeah. And I said, "Listen, I'm not a good no. person. <laughs> you know, I, no. I, you know, I have, I have my own problems. You Me know, too. I got 
anxiety gets all worked up and all these things. And I'm talking to him about, you know, here's, here's my problems. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, I didn't know that about you. Yeah. And I, you know, part of me wants to be like, well, cause you never ask about me, but yeah. on the flip side, you know, it's not about me. You know, I, he's, I'm in there for him, yep. but I, I hate that. Well, I can't be helped. I'm past help yeah. because nobody's past help, man. No. So we're talking about a God that came to earth in human form yeah and lived with us among us didn't sin ever and then was crucified in a just a horrific i mean the crucifixion back in those days is just a horrific way to die yeah because they ended up outlawing it because it was so yeah so horrific and then he conquered death and he came back to life i mean yeah. If he can do that, <laughs> he can rescue my sorry butt yeah. out of just about it, or <laughs> out of absolutely everything. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and you know what? Yeah, what can you what can you do that's worse? You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? There's not yeah. nothing that I can think of. No. So, back to the we kind of went off a little bit. Back to <laughs> back to that idea of of forgiveness. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And so, I mean, what 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 is the fundamental like the hold up what, what is causing people to just say i mean you talked earlier about that i'm not gonna let somebody off the hook for doing me wrong but i mean is there more than that and why people just choose not to forgive yeah i think there's a lot of that i mean and in our society uh, we want retribution yeah we want somebody to pay for wrongs that have been done to us and there's a lot of wrongs that for whatever reason you're just not going to get retribution from somebody cutting you off in traffic somebody uh, when you're a kid they spit in your face or yeah. or they slammed you into a locker or not every wrong is going to be righted and we think that it has to be because that's the only way we're going to feel good about it that's how life is fair yeah, yeah. and life's not fair but the whole uh, solution to life not being fair is grace yeah. And if we can show that grace to people, because, you know, I used to own some restaurants and um, people would, that worked for me would get upset that somebody would come in and order their sandwich and, and they were really gruff and they were nasty to them. And I don't have to take that, you know, and, and I'd always tell them, you know what, give that person some grace because you don't know. They could have just got a phone call before they walked in there that they're son was in a car accident or you know their grandmother died or yeah. or they could have just been fired from their job you don't know what's happened in that person's life to make them so angry to come and take it out on you but the thing is that you can show them grace and first of all to try to get across to them that hey despite your attitude i'm still gonna love on you yeah and maybe that'll help their day but the best part is it's going to help your day because you're not going to internalize that. You're not going to let that person get to you. You're going to just, okay, have a good day and let them go on their way. Yeah. I know that one of the, like in the service industry, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm in and out of people's houses all day. Mm -hmm. And uh, I run the same thing. You know, you walk in and there's just this grumpy old guy, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you never know. You don't know why he's grumpy, and, mm -hmm. and I always kind of take that as a as a challenge. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm gonna, you know what? I might not start work for ten minutes. Yeah. You know, I'm just gonna sit here and I'm gonna talk to this guy. And I think sometimes they just want to know that somebody's there. 
Absolutely. You know what I mean? I'm in your house, and you, you probably you might not know me, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, I want you to kind of be sad that I'm leaving because you enjoyed your time with yeah. me. And well, it's it's easy for me just to pop in real quick, fix what I'm supposed to fix, and, and get out. But mm-hmm. I've always believed that that personal relationship is so important. And yeah. it's, you know, sometimes that the in and out's the way to go. You know, mm-hmm. you, you kind of get a read on people. You know, sometimes that person does not want to talk. You know, and so <laughs> no matter you how go, nice you are. No matter how nice you are, <laughs> they don't want to talk. No. Nope. But, uh, but yeah, just, yeah, you never know what that person's dealing with. You know, I, I had a lady the other day and she called me and I think she was afraid that I was going to be upset with her because she canceled, she canceled an appointment twice. Mm-hmm. And, she called me and, and you know this last time and said, hey, I, I need to cancel our appointment. And she went into this, my husband's sick and we gotta take him up to the hospital out of state and get him looked at. And you know what, I'm okay. You know what I mean? Stuff it's, happens. It happens, mm-hmm. you know? And so I just try to let her know that, hey, I'm here for you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, what do you need? Do you need me to check on your house while you're gone? I'm <laughs> yeah. happy to do it, you know? Yeah. And it, just to allow people that room to know that there are people around you who care, you yeah. know, and you know what? It doesn't have to be your best friend. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my, you know, the people that I thought were my best friends were the ones who have let me down the most. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's that, that stranger that just is put in the right place at the right time. Yeah. So. It's always nice to deal with somebody who's friendly yeah. during the day, you know, that makes, that does make your day go a little better. Yeah. I mean, you, you call a plumber in your house and you know he's gonna he's gonna charge cost you some money, <laughs> and uh, you know well, if he's so grumpy you're, too. <laughs> you're, yeah, exactly. But you got this guy in your house. It's gonna cost you money, and then uh, it's going to uh, you got to take time off work or whatever else mm-hmm. it is. Your day isn't going smooth. I know that when I come in, it's not mm-hmm. smooth. Like you know, I'm gonna do the best I can to try to make the rest of your day good yeah. because it's too easy just to get thrown off into that yeah. into that negativity. A lot of that boils back to forgiveness. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's crazy, you know. I mean, I guess I'd never really thought about how foundational it really is until you started talking about it. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, just that that anger and that that bitterness that we get towards about everything. (laughs) We watch a show on, I think it's Discovery or whatever channel, but it's uh, Intervention. Yeah. And last night there was one on, and a girl was, she was addicted to heroin, and she'd been molested and abused as a child. And so that was her way of numbing the pain that she still had from that. Um, Now I know what happened to her is a real traumatic thing. Forgiving those people that did that to her would probably not be easy. And nor do I want to minimize what happened, but um, her going through and being able to forgive those people uh, would help her and that way she wouldn't have that need to numb out and um, you know so it, it it can be such a uh, life-changing event and you but you've got to want to think of it that way too especially like I said the deeper the scars the the more healing the harder the path you're gonna have yeah but the more powerful the healing will be in my mind I mean tell me if you kind of see it the same way but um, when you're when you're forgiven, especially on something to that scale, it doesn't mean you're forgetting about it. It no. doesn't mean that you're gonna, you know. I mean, you still want to the, see them convicted. You by still want to see them, you know, do their, th- 
you don't you don't want to go and have dinner with them tomorrow. It no. doesn't mean you're going to be doing that, but nope. it means that yeah, that idea of you just it's not going to affect me yep. anymore. It's it's going to be my my freedom and I'm going to live my life and you can't control it. Yeah. And because you know. that that girl they didn't talk about who did what to her and if they were still around, you know, even in her uh life at all. But um they weren't giving it a second thought about her feelings. Yeah. And so her forgiving them is for her. It's not for them. Yeah. And, you know, so that, again, that's, that's the thing that people think, well, if I forgive them, you know, and something like that, um, those people still committed a crime. And they still deserve to be punished accordingly to that crime and just because she would forgive them doesn't mean that she's saying you're not going to have to deal with the punishment that comes with that yeah but it, she's just saying that i'm not going to be tied to you anymore through that anger yeah and that pain and, and i think the hope on that would also then you wouldn't have to have drug addiction for yep. coping and pain management you know what i mean and, and yeah. those kinds of things and um, and then she can, you know, she also needs to understand that she's still worthy. She's still someone that can be loved. She's someone that can have a fulfilling life. Yeah. You know, people can look at her and not pity her, but look at her with love, you know. And especially in, in those kind of situations, they have to overcome the whole thing that they feel they're worthless. Yeah. You know, they're a piece of trash or whatever words their tormentor used. And you know, I feel for them. Yeah, and I think in in doing what I'm doing here, where you know I, I sit down and I, and I just talk with people and mm -hmm. I get their stories and things like that. It's been interesting to me to see that the people who have the most open stories and sometimes the most painful stories are people who have come to terms and forgiven themselves because if you're still if you're if you are not forgiving yourself for the things that you've done you can't talk about them mm -hmm. you know what i mean you're not gonna because you're ashamed of that and you know you take somebody who has a major traumatic event whether it's uh, rape or molestation or, mm -hmm. or different things like that the amount of good that that person can do by coming to terms and realizing, hey, this happened to me, and, and yeah, like you said, don't don't minimize it because mm -hmm. it's a horrible event. Mm -hmm. But you can help other people. You know mm -hmm. what? There's other people who are still struggling with it. It's a shame that it, it probably is more common than than I realize. Yeah. But having the ability to know that there's somebody you can reach out to and that you can talk to, and you don't hide behind that you know, as, as a, as a thing of shame, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, because in that, I don't know the event, but you know, in the, when you're, you're molested as a kid, there's nothing that you can do. Yeah. That's not something that you chose. That's, no. that's something that was forced on you. And then mm -hmm. you shouldn't have shame about that. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure it's probably easier said than done, Yeah, but absolutely. you know, I, I just think about how, how much having somebody out in the open with that and being able to discuss those things and say, hey, this happened to me, I'm not gonna let it happen to somebody else or I'm not gonna let somebody else live with this for the next 20 years, yeah. let's talk about it now. Yeah. I mean, they can they could do so much good, yeah. you know, out of that pain and that horrible thing that happened. And yeah. 
that's like you know why my wife and I chose she'd also been divorced more than once and you know we wanted to turn that pain and and the bad mistakes that we made um, turn that into something good and um, allow God to use that through this divorce ministry and um, so other people going through divorce looked at us as having been there and we'd kind of come out on the other side and yeah. didn't harbor any bitterness anymore we didn't you know we had a, a relationship that was based on God and and happy and so that that gave them hope that that can happen for them too yeah. so yeah I think that people that go through any kind of trauma whether it's physical small or large yeah. that if they can come out the other side and the, the way you do that is through God's grace and the knowledge that he loves you no matter what you've done or what's been done to you yeah he still looks at you as the perfect child that he created and that's how he's always going to look at you and so it, it just like you said they can be of such a big benefit to other people and help them encourage other people to go through the forgiveness and and feel that grace yeah i think that's that's where it's at man yep. um let's start wrapping this thing up mm -hmm. is there uh is there anything else that that you have that that you think is is real good to share that well, anywhere that just people that are dealing with um, unforgiveness, there's obviously great resources out there. Now in the day and age of the internet, a couple of keystrokes and you can find out all kinds of stuff. Um, Focus on the Family um, is a great program. Um, they have uh, a whole series about forgiveness and how, how you get forgiveness and restoration, uh, finding the freedom in forgiveness. Um, the four hurdles that you face going through forgiveness um, it's just a great so it kind of helps walk you walk yeah. you through right there on the internet you know baby steps yep and uh, you know there's all kinds of support groups out there every major church will have things um, Joel Steen has some good quotes uh, when it comes to forgiveness um, you, you, got, you got one hanging out there yeah all right give me a good one. Um, let's see we have to remember when we forgive, we're not doing it just for the other person, we're doing it for our own good. When we hold on to unforgiveness, we live with grudges in our hearts and all we're doing is building walls of separation. And you know, the separation that we're gonna build is from other people and from God. I mean, yeah. you're gonna isolate yourself. So yeah, we're, you know, we're creatures that need to be together. Yep, so. and forgiveness is a choice, it's not an option. <laughs> yeah. I like that one. I like it. But. So, all right, so with that, anything, somebody who's really struggling with unforgiveness, what would you tell them? Give, uh, me, the, give me the cliff notes, what would you tell them? Just, you know, it, it's a mental decision that you've got to make that you want to be free of the junk inside. Mm -hmm. Then just tell yourself, I'm gonna forgive this person, and do it every day. And sooner or later, your heart will catch up, and once that does happen, then you'll be there. And sounds, you'll be free. That sounds perfect. Mm -hmm. I love it, Nils. Thanks so much for your time. All right, thanks, Phil. Well, I think that's something that we can all really work to implement in our lives, even if it's just a little bit at a time. 
Remember that you can always visit us on Facebook at the God Watch Podcast. Leave a message there. Let us know how we're doing, and we would always appreciate sharing it with your friends, letting people know about us. You can also visit us and stay up to date on our website, the God Watch Podcast at godwatchlive.com. Remember to have a great week and be blessed.